The reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. Now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. Our second reading is from Psalms 92, verse 1 through 4. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. Good morning, Restoration. Um, I'm Amy Safke, and I'm on the leadership team, and I have the privilege of being with you here this morning um, and sharing. So I'm just going to pray real quick because I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity opportunity to be at your feet, myself and all of us, all over the metro area and wherever you're watching from, I just thank you for this opportunity. Come and speak through me, Lord, anything that you have to say, anything that you don't want said, that it would just fall to the wayside. You good ears to hear, Lord, from your voice this morning, what you have for us. Jesus' name, amen. So uh, Rob asked me um, a few weeks ago if I would share on worship, and my first response was, no. <laughs> like, uh, Lord, I don't know. I don't know if I know of enough scriptures of, of what's worship or uh, if I had the right thing to say or, uh, you know, I don't want to mandate how people should worship. Um, but when I brought it before the Lord, the Lord said, Amy, just tell them why you worship me. Why do you uh, go away to spend time with me? Why do you come to my feet in the morning? Just tell them that. And so I said, okay, why do I worship you, Lord? First reason is because you ask me to. It's all over scripture that you say to praise me, to worship my name, uh, that if we won't praise you, the rocks will cry out. Uh, so you ask me to. Second reason is you are the only one worthy of my praise. Who else deserves my praise, my thanks, my time? And the third reason is because I benefit from praise and worship. I benefit from praise and worship. Uh, so that's where the focus is that I'm going to go today, is, is a focus on worship through our time and through our mouth. So benefit, I don't mean benefit as in when I'm doing my quiet time right and when I'm worshiping correctly that I all of a sudden I'm getting a great house and that none of my family gets sick and that money just pours in. That's not what I mean. <laughs> uh, that's not the benefit I'm talking about. But 
I've been watching um, the Chosen series. I don't know if any of you have seen that yet. It's a series that came out, I think, right around the time of COVID that's come out. And it's a series walking through the life of Jesus, kind of through the lens of his followers. So kind of a different perspective. Um, I highly recommend it. If it is something you're looking to, into watching, uh, it's a free app right now that you can download on your phone or through um, or VidAngel. Uh, really, really good series. So anyway, I was watching it, though, and it's from the eyes of, of his followers, being called, being with Jesus. And I watched it, and my heart just melts, and I'm like, oh, Lord, if I have, could have been around in that time, to be in that inner circle, to be um, at your feet, listening to the words for the first time, to, be, to have your eyes look at me and call me to yourself, to be in that circle, learning, growing together. Oh, how cool would that have been? And the Lord said, Amy, you are invited to that circle. I called your name like I called Mary's. I died so that the veil could be torn, right? In, um, in let's see here, Matthew 27, 51 is when the veil physically tore in a temple. Physically tore to be so that not only the high priest could go in that inner sanctum to the throne room of the Lord, but any of us can. And then it's explained in Hebrews 10, 20, that that's us, an invitation that we can come at his feet. Be in that circle. Listen, learn from him. Be known by him. Called to him. I am invited to that space. I'm invited to sit and hear from my God, from my Lord, my King. I'm invited to be there. And, and the, the benefit that I talk about is my, I heard a message about a year ago that said, my feet will go where my eyes are looking. My feet will go where my eyes are looking. So imagine you're a new driver, <laughs> <laughs> driving and you're like, I really got to hold the wheel tightly, right? And I don't want to hit the tree. I don't want to hit the tree. I don't want to hit the tree. If I'm staring at the tree, where will my car go? I will hit the tree, <laughs> right? I can't look at what I want to avoid. I have to look at where I want to go because my whole body follows where my eyes are looking. My feet will go where my eyes are looking. So I am very um, self-aware of myself. I have always um, like been very happy. Like um, I've always kind of said that of like, yeah, I'm very self-aware. And I've kind of like put that on my husband sometimes. Of like, oh, he doesn't understand himself. I'm self-aware, <laughs> right? Like I, I tend to think like, oh, I, I know why I'm feeling this way. It's because I didn't eat or because I did this or this happened to me. That's why I'm feeling this way. I'm very good at self-diagnosing. And I thought that that was a good thing. And I think in some ways it can be a good thing to understand. But the problem is, is my self-diagnosing is what I would bring to the Lord. 
I say, oh, Lord, I'm feeling this way because this and this. I'm feeling this way because this and this. I'm hurting because this and this. And, and uh, that's fine. I, the Lord wants to hear my inner heart, right? The things that are piercing me, the things that are hurting me. The, the problem, though, is that is where I would stay. I would, I would self-diagnose, and then what would happen? Where were my eyes looking? Only at the things that were entrapping me, that are hurting me, that are frustrating me, that are distractions. My whole focus is in the spiral. So that it, it wouldn't help me because my whole body goes where my eyes are looking, right? So if my eyes are just looking at all the struggles, the pains, the things that are going on in my life, then that is where my body will follow. That's the stress I will carry because that's my reality. That's where my whole body's going. So I have learned, I've been learning and continue to learn how to declare truth rather than just self-diagnose. So my time with the Lord, sometimes I'll, I'll bargain with him. Give me two minutes, Lord, to just tell you what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> okay, now I can, okay, okay, now I'm done complaining. Lord, what do you see about the situation? <laughs> What do you have for my day? What do you have for my future? What do you have for my time with you right now? Not just my will, but I want to go where you have me focused. I don't want to live in the stress of where to send my daughter to kindergarten in a few weeks. That is heavy, and I know that that is heavy on a lot of your hearts of what's going to happen this fall and all kinds of other things, right? And that's what I can bring to the Lord I can, and I should, right? But if I stay there in self-diagnosis, then I just carry this stress. If I put my eyes where I want to go, he promises me peace. He promises full peace when my mind is steadfast and my heart trusts in him. He promises that he is the God of hope. And he will fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in him that my hope may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's from Romans. These are scriptures, you guys. Micah 5.5 5 says that Jesus will come and he will be their peace. Not he will bring peace. He will be their peace. I have access to that peace. That's a promise. That is a promise for me, is that I can live in peace. I can be a woman that laughs at the days to come, even in this season. <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a harder laugh, isn't it? In this season, that I can laugh at this fall, not knowing what my work looks like, right? Not knowing if COVID will get worse, not knowing where my daughter should go to school and what I should do and how the heaviness, not knowing if a vaccine is coming, if I should take the vaccine. All of these things, right? These heavy, heavy things. He promises me even in that, I can laugh at the days to come. I can live in his perfect peace. I can have joy and peace and hope overflow that the world desperately needs today. Today and tomorrow if things get worse and the next day if things get worse. I still have access to that joy and that peace and that love and that hope that he promises me. But I don't live in that if I just self-diagnose. 
because my feet are going where my eyes are looking. If I'm only looking at the waves, at my problems, at my hurts, at my sin, at the secrets I don't want to tell people, at the thing I did yesterday, then my body follows where my eyes are looking and so fixated on. So when I'm spending time with the Lord and I'm praising him and I am remembering truth, I am putting forward where my eyes are looking and my body gets to follow. And then I get to live in the truth of peace and hope and joy. Today, I benefit, I change when I'm with my Lord. He makes me more like him. I am more known. I'm more understanding of who he is, of who he's called me to be. He makes me more like him. He makes me more gracious, more loving, more, um, more empathetic because he knows me. And when I am known, I can love from a safe space because I am already loved. Now I can love. Now I can have extra grace. Now I can have extra peace. I am changed from my time spent with the Lord and from putting truth before me about who he is and who he says I am. I want, I need that. I need that. I need a daily reminder of the truth set before me of where I want to go. Because if I don't do that, I will always go to the waves. I will always go to the tension. I will always pick up the stress again. I need a constant reminder of Jesus, who are you? And who do you say I am? That my body can follow into that truth. Because that's where I want to live. We all want to live there, right? Like we say, oh, that's so nice. None of us would say, no, 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 don't give me the peace. Don't give me the joy. I want to live here in this stressful place. None of us want that, right? But I, I need them daily time praising and reminding myself of truth in order to live in that space that's access to me, that's promised to me. And, and then thirdly, worship and praise and speaking truth out loud with our mouth has power. There's power in it. Not only reminding my eyes where to go, I don't know fully how to explain it. So I'm just going to give you some examples, uh, but I just know in my inner being that there is power when we speak truth out loud. And some of the examples I see in scripture is in Jericho, in Joshua, in Joshua 6 at Jericho. They are playing the trumpet and they are yelling out to their God and God takes the walls down. There's power in the mouth, in the praise. You also see in 2 Chronicles 20, 22, that as they praised, as they were praising and worshiping and praising the Lord, the Lord fought their battle. It says the Lord sent an ambush to those that were ready to fight. They were not there. They were not battling. They were praising and worshiping their God. And the power that that unleashed is the Lord fought their battle. And then we see it in the New Testament too, that in Acts 16, we see Paul praying and praising the Lord, and it led to an earthquake that broke open the prison doors. You see another earthquake in Acts 2 when they're praying for boldness in a room, and there's an earthquake that brings boldness upon them. 
There is power when we speak out loud the truths and the promises of the Lord. But the enemy tries to quiet us because he knows that power. So we're like, oh, we're in America. We're supposed to be quiet. This is all quiet meditation with the Lord. My quiet time with the Lord. We even call it quiet time, right? I just got that. We call it quiet time. It's almost like we're supposed to be, it's supposed to look a certain way and we should be quiet before the Lord. And I believe that that is the enemy saying, do not speak out because he knows the power when we speak truth. It brings light to the darkness. It unleashes crazy power, right, of truth in this land, the authority we carry. There's power in speaking out loud the truth of the Lord. It transforms me, reminds me where to go, but there's actual power in speaking out the truth and the names of the Lord and the truths that we see and praising him. So how do we do it? (laughs) These are great. How do I actually get away and spend time with my Lord? So I was at a conference. At um, I work at Bethany International. It's a ministry. Um, and we had a conference this week um, led by Emmanuel Prince and our Bethany Research Institute. So Emmanuel Prince is an amazing man. Um, he's done missions, and he's run, written a dissertation all on movement catalysts. So what he did is he said, okay, there's these different things in history or around the world that you see a movement of God, like all of a sudden revival, right? Multiplication. And we start seeing that multiplying, right? And he said, okay, I want to know this movement catalyst. So obviously it's Lord, Holy Spirit making a movement, right? But we can find this person or this group of people that it originates through, that the Holy Spirit moves through and starts this movement. So he started to do research. He started to um, interview and he started to research what sets these people apart. What sets them apart? And he found a few things. One, he said time with the Lord. Each of them spent at least two hours a day with the Lord in various ways, but time praying and spending and hunger for God. Number two is they made it habits. They, it wasn't just, oh, when do I feel like it or when am I doing this? They had habits. Tuesday mornings when I go to this intercession group. Wednesday afternoons when I go on my walk. I wake up at this time every day or I spend this time before bed every single day. They had habits so that it was just a rhythm of their life and that it actually happened. But number three I thought was the most important and valuable uh, for me was that they didn't all look the same. They didn't all have this passage memorized. They didn't all wake up at five in the morning and sit with their Bible at this chair and memorize scripture. They didn't all have the same way that they interacted with the Lord. They found the best fit for them of how they connected with the Lord. There were themes, obviously, right? That it was anchored in scripture, that it was prayer, that it was time with him, but it all looked unique. They each found their way that they connected with the Lord. And that's what I implore to you. Don't get stuck in a box of this is what my time with the Lord has to look like. Try something new. So I'm going to give you a couple of options today. One is declaring truth about who God is and who he says you are. 
This is an impactful one for me. It's starting the morning with, God, you are good. God, you are for me. You are not against me. God, you call me heir, worthy of you because you put honor in me. You paid for me. I am an heir. I'm called heir not to be in this, in, back into a slavery of fear, but of an inheritance, an authority. You love me. You have purposes and plans for my day today that I get to partner with what you have. That is different than waking up and saying, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, this is going to be a hard day. Lord, I'm, I'm already annoyed, <laughs> right? Those might be truths, <laughs> little truths about what I'm feeling that day. And I can tell them about that, but I have found it to be a lot more impactful if I start my day with, you are for me, you are not against me. I cannot fail you today if I don't get enough done, Lord. But you have purposes and plans for my life. Declaring truth about who God is and who he says you are. So my husband calls this preaching to himself. He does it a little different. He, I'll find him like, what you doing? Like, it sounds like he's just giving himself a mini sermon. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm reminding myself of truth. So I like the quick little declarations. That's what helps me. It's just like on the tip of my tongue, they come when I need them, and I start my day with them. And so when I'm feeling like a certain way or feeling a lie, I have truths, weapons, my little weapons, where, where my husband likes to just, just process through a scripture, talk it through of, like, of, of a sermon. This is what it is. This is what the Lord calls us to do. This is why he's so good. Preaching to himself. It's reminding ourselves truth, rooting it deeply in us, truth. That's part of how I spend time with the Lord. Another way is studying him. Use time to study, learn about this God that you love. If you say you love him, then know him more. Study more. Feast on him. That doesn't have to be reading through the Bible in a year. Maybe it is. But one of the things Emmanuel talks about is he said that was so hard for him because he'd try and keep up with certain amounts of scripture. And he said, I wouldn't get a lot out of it. And I'd pick up shame because I'm just not a fast reader. So he's like, I'd just read it to read it. And so he said his time with the Lord is often maybe a whole hour and it's on like three verses. And it's just reading it over and over. What does this mean, Lord? What are you saying here, Lord? Reading it again, praying it in first person. He said that has been so much more impactful for him than trying to get in so many chapters. But other people, it's really good sometimes to see a full picture, right? Like the Immerse study has been really good to see a study. But what works for you? That doesn't mean that you have to study. It could be two verses. That's studying the character of the Lord. Study him. Read the word. Listen to teachings. You actually can listen to a sermon outside of Sunday. That is a thing. There's so many podcasts, so many opportunities to learn and listen and study. Put it on in the background, maybe instead of a TV show. Maybe put it on while you're doing dishes. Study him. Spend time with him. Do Bible studies. And then talk to him. Share your heart. Ask for his promises. Ask for his direction on your life. Talk to him as as the close personal savior that he is. Spend time with him. Share your heart. Pray. And mix it up. Uh, Some people really like routine, and that's a great way. If that's like, you're like, oh, routine, this is how I connect with the Lord, that's great. A lot of us, though, when you have a, a relationship, 
and a really close friendship, is it every time exactly the same? Oh, here's my phone call. How are you today? Okay, let's have this and goodbye. <laughs> no, it's sometimes you're watching a movie and you're laughing together. Sometimes you're playing a game. Sometimes you're going on a walk and sharing what is hard. Sharing things about your life, about your family, about your struggles. Sometimes it's sharing a meal, right? There's so many different things. Sometimes it's doing homework together. So when you have an organic relationship, it's different. It's organic. It's sharing life together. And that's how your time with the Lord and praise and worship and time with him should look. Try something different. Go on a walk. I love going on walks with the Lord. Sometimes I'm talking. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm just listening. Sometimes I'm singing. Sing to the Lord. Talk to him. Speak. I find that if I get up and sit on the couch in the morning to just read scripture and spend time with him, I'm back asleep. Without fail, I get a little bit in, then I'm droggy, I'm zoning out. But if I go on a walk, I'm invested, I'm connected. I just connect to him in a different way. That's for prayers too. I found that if I'm praying out loud, I can pray a lot longer. And if I'm singing my prayers, I can pray even longer. That's me. I don't know why, but that's me, and I found that. So I know what fits better for me, that if, I, if I'm just in my head, I zone out and I'm done. <laughs> And sometimes there's still a place for that, right? But I know myself. So I have to switch it up. Sit, but sit quiet for the Lord. Maybe meditation is what's for you. Just sitting, resting with him. Painting. That's something I've been trying this year is like painting with the Lord. Wait a minute. That can't be quiet time. Something I enjoy and I'm just spending time doing, that can't be time with the Lord. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. So have fun with the Lord. Enjoy your time together. It's not meant to be so serious as we've made it. And that's when it becomes a burden, right? Like, I missed my time with the Lord. Oh, now I didn't even do it this morning. Now I'm four verses behind, right? Then it becomes a chore. But we have a living, breathing Savior who invites us to his table each day. Each day. And it doesn't have to look the same. Find what works for you. Try something new that you've never tried before. You may end up really liking it. Or you don't, and you laugh about that one time you danced around the room. Right? Your God is a God who will laugh and joy with you. This is supposed to be joyful. There is going to be times of mourning and crying out to him, right? That doesn't have to be every time. You don't have to wait until you're desperate to spend time with the Lord. This is a daily opportunity to spend time with your good dad. A daily invitation that can look how you like it to look. Invite him into like reading a comic that you like. Laugh with him. Joy with him. Run, go on a run with them. That's another thing that my husband really likes to do is running with him, thinking through things as you're running. That's not me. I'm running, I'm going, when's my run done? When's my run done? When's my run done? This sucks, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> so, so that's not my time with the Lord <laughs> because I have trouble disconnecting <laughs> with my run. But that works for him. The Lord has created us unique and he loves that about us. Don't fit into a mold. Don't stop spending time with him because something isn't working. 
Yes, it's a habit. Yes, there's things that we have to build, right? But have fun. Have joy. Spend time with your dad. So lastly that I wanted to talk about. So we talked about the benefits, right, of I'm invited to, my, to the feet of Jesus to hear. I'm invited to that inner circle. We talked about truth versus self-diagnosing. That I am changed when I am with him. When I am praising and worshiping him, I am changed and I benefit. And we talked about the, the power in out loud speaking praise, worship, and truth. And we talked about all kinds of different ways now that we can try out and do something new. I just wanted to just touch on Amy, that's good and great. You look like you're really excited and you love spending time with the Lord. What if I don't feel it? What if I don't connect when the worship song's on? What if that doesn't make me feel like my heart's a flutter? Or what if I have doubts? What if I'm frustrated with the Lord right now? Am I being ingenuine by going before him? Right? I feel like I'm a fraud if I'm singing these worship songs and I'm not sure where I'm feeling right now or I'm doubting or I'm having trouble. Am I being ingenuine by speaking out truth that I'm not feeling? Well, here's what I have to say about that. Worship's not about you. I get to benefit, but it's not about me. Whether I'm feeling it or not, the character of the Lord doesn't change based on my feelings of that day. It doesn't. It doesn't change. And so sometimes I get to do it out of the feeling. I get to connect. And sometimes I do it out of faith, saying, you are still good, even though I don't believe it right now. Even though I'm having trouble, I'm declaring this truth because there's power in truth. Maybe the walls of Jericho that need to come down are in my heart. So I'm speaking truth that is penetrating my mind, renewing my mind, and penetrating my heart and my soul. You don't have to feel it. You're not a fraud if you're saying, Lord, I don't feel it right now, and you are still good. That's incredible faith. That's boldness. That's stepping out in something you don't feel. That's building your faith. That's amazing. That's incredible. And that's honored before the Lord. There are times when I am like David in the scripture uh, that we read this morning, right? Bursting in dance and song because he's so good and it's in me. It's in my gut and has to come out, right? And there are other times that if you read through the Psalms, David's not bursting, dancing and whatever. He's going, Lord, where are you? Do you see what's happening? Where are you? right? Crying out to him. And what does he do though? He ends the psalm with, you are still good. You are still my God. Even when I can't see it, I can't understand it right now. You are still good. He didn't feel it. You could tell, right? He was very open, clear, and honest about what he was feeling. But he would end it saying, you are God. He'd end it with praise and worship. And you can be anywhere in between, right? You can be anywhere in between and that it's, it's, it's a choice. And honestly, there is no shame in the days you don't feel it. I find that the days that I struggle, I actually tend to spend more time with the Lord because I need him. 
I find time to slip away and be in the bathroom for a little bit and say, Lord, I'm fighting for my peace today. I don't feel it. This is hard. But what did I do then? I could feel shame at the end of the day. Wow, I wasn't like jumping in my spot and full of joy. Or I could say, wow, Lord, thank you for so many opportunities to come before your throne that I spent even more time with you today than yesterday when I was feeling it. So don't let that stop you. Don't let the enemy say that you are not enough to go before the throne of the Lord. Don't let the enemy convince you that if you're not feeling it, you're being fake. Because that's faith. That's trust. That's incredible. So I just have a challenge here. So I want you to set a time tomorrow, maybe even today, but set a time for tomorrow that you're going to spend time with him. An actual time, not just, oh, tomorrow I should. Maybe it's the first thing you wake up. Maybe it's at your lunch break. Wherever it is, you're setting a time. And then what will you do with him? Make a plan. Don't wait till then. Make a plan. I'm going to try this. I'm going to take out paints and spend time with him. I'm going to listen to an audiobook. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go somewhere that I can speak out loud and just try. What does that look like? To speak out loud. So we're going to go into our last song, and I want you to, as you praise and worship and sing him, whether you're feeling it or not, sing out these words of truth, and I want you to set a time for tomorrow that you're going to spend time with him.